Hey. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's the weather there? It's hot. It's really hot here. What's uh, what's the temperature? Right now, I think it's just over ninety, but that's Ooh. without humidity. So. Oh wow. Yeah. We had we had uh, a real hot day here in Finland at sixty three degrees. So. <laughs> Balmy. Yeah. It's so funny though here because then like when it's when it gets to seventies they're like oh my gosh this is the hottest thing ever. That's hilarious. Let's go so, to the beach. Yeah. That's exactly. So exactly. Um, but now you're gonna have to play in in a lot of heat with the new club. I know. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting, but um, it's a little different than the Chicago summer, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm actually in Houston right now. So are you now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with Houston. So that's why it's so hot. I'm actually not sure how it is in Chicago, but. Um, yeah, it's been definitely an adjustment getting used to this kind of heat because it's it's not like this in Chicago. It is not, but you know, you get summer longer now, so that's, that's a plus. True. <laughs> Some perks, benefit. I guess. <laughs> I was, we had an interview with uh, a player from uh, Orlando Pride, and she was talking about how she went from uh, Boston to them playing like three o'clock games in Orlando in the middle of summer and how difficult it was. Yeah, it's it's like, you really can't catch your breath, like get a second win. The first week I was here in Houston, when we finally got back to full trainings and stuff, um, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Cause it's just like your body just goes into shock and you're kind of fighting to, you know, stay hydrated and make sure that you're getting all the nutrients and stuff you need. Cause it's, it's, so taxing yeah yeah if you don't hydrate before you can you're gonna have some some serious problems yeah for sure definitely all right guys welcome back to another footy and coffee conversations are you much of a coffee drinker i do like coffee i actually like matcha these days though so I do okay have all right <laughs> matcha that's your I kick know. now i know i use i still like coffee i'm not hating on it but i just started to get really anxious and jittery so see that's a, i get anxious if i don't have coffee that's... really i think you probably have a problem <laughs> oh i definitely do i definitely do <laughs> um to get started if you just want to introduce yourself say what current club you're with and what position on the field you play for sure hey everyone my name is katie Naughton. i play for the houston dash in the nwsl and i am a center back very good. You passed the first test. <laughs> uh, um, to, so to start, we'll just talk a little bit about uh, your youth career, uh, growing up, playing in Chicago. What was that like? Uh, what what club did you play for? That type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I first started playing soccer, I actually played with the boys. So I was the only girl on a boys team for a really long time. I think it was about six years. And that was starting when I was five. Oh, wow. And then I got into middle school and I was like, all right, should probably start playing with the girls, be a little more serious. Um, and I decided to play for Soccer's FC Chicago. I know, super original name, but um, it was a good experience. I still talk to a bunch of those girls on that team and we have a really great relationship, which is awesome. But um, I played a lot of sports during that time. Soccer wasn't the only thing I was doing. I was playing basketball, running cross country. I tried my hand at volleyball, 
that didn't go so well, but... Now, I heard that you have the junior high school one-mile record for your school to this day. How did you hear that? I, I heard it through the grapevine. What, what is the time? Do you remember oh the time you Oh, my God, ran? that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it still holds, but it was five minutes and 41 seconds when I did that, that in sixth grade. That is crazy. That is yeah. crazy. I honestly don't know if I could do that today, like, now. But I was a little whippersnapper back then so <laughs> so you're you're playing soccer at olympic park soccer city all the, yeah, the oh great gosh. soccer places you know soccer city's so beautiful inside oh my gosh that place <laughs> i still get nightmares from the smell inside yeah <laughs> i think something came into my lungs from being in there yeah seriously i think i hope they redid the turf recently though because that stuff I got some they, turf they did. They did do on one of the fields. They redid the turf, I think, a year okay. or two ago. Well, that's so, good to know. It's getting there. <laughs> they, re they finally redid the bathrooms, too. So that oh, was a big man. upgrade because those were disgusting. Those were, yeah, I don't think I went in there if I that's, didn't have to. That's smart. <laughs> um, yeah. So at that point, what is soccer for you? Is it just something you're doing for fun at that age? Are you thinking at all? I'd like to be a professional. I'd like to go to university. What's kind of your, your thoughts with soccer? Yeah, at that point, I think it was more something to keep me busy. And then I started to get looks into um, like ODP camps and regional camps and all that kind of stuff. So I went along that route. I did all that stuff in DeKalb, Illinois for all of the region two people out there. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of when I realized I was going to probably try and take this more seriously. Um, and then from there, I started to get called into youth national team camps. So that started, I think, around U15. And then I've pretty much come all the way through up until U23. And I played on the U20 World Cup team and have been called into U23 camps. And yeah, it's been like a really pretty awesome progression and to be able to have played with some of the best players in the world all along the way it was really awesome. But when I was younger, I think I didn't really know that I wanted to play professionally until I think later in high school, maybe even early into college. So that definitely took a little time for me to realize it was something I was going to pursue as my career. Yeah. And so you go into high school and freshman year, you're named the captain of the team. Yeah, I know. So how did that happen? I know. So I had a, like a relationship with the coach, obviously, before I got there. Um, but he knew who was coming in to like the freshman class. And there was a group of us that were pretty solid and could do a lot of things for that high school team. So I think he wanted us to kind of be in the leadership group and then build our way through our time in high school. And I don't know, I guess he just saw something in me my freshman year and was like, hey, like, you're gonna be a captain. And I was like, okay like how do the seniors feel about this but it ended up working out we actually did pretty well during the time I was in high school considering um you know the strength of the other teams in our conference and stuff so it was a good good experience overall when did you start playing defense oh good question I think it was actually when I started playing club so when I was younger I played the sweeper when that was still a thing and then actually like outside back or winger so when I was in the boys I played the winger position and then when I went to soccer's my coach at the time Greg Muir do you know who that is uh -huh. 
he was like, all right, well, you're like pretty tall and good in the air. So we're going to try you at center back. It's like, okay. So that's pretty much where I've been since. But in high school, you still have what, like 10 goals and 30 assists, <laughs> which I yeah. want to know the goals make sense from like maybe set pieces, that sort of thing. How did you get 30 assists? Yeah. I would like just run the ball up from like the defense, <laughs> dribble the team and then pass. I don't know. It's kind of wild, but there was one time in high school. So I would take a lot of the free kicks from deeper in the field and the goalies in high school weren't very great to be completely honest with you. So I would like just aim for the goal frame and a lot of the times it would go in. But one time I forgot, I think it was Palatine. We were playing this high school around us and I had Pirates? Palatine Pirates? Yes, Palatine Pirates. Wow, awesome. So I took a free kick and I scored and this was earlier in the season. And later that season, we were at Palatine and there was a free kick called right in front of their bench. And I remember walking up to the ball and I'm like, all right, I'll just, you know, try and get it near the goal. Maybe someone will head it in, whatever. But the coaches right there, they were like, you're not going to score this time. And I'm like, excuse me. Okay. So I like serve this dime into the box and one of my teammates heads it in and I just like look over at them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, nice one, buddy. Classy high school yeah. coach. Oh my gosh. They're like, uh, they're the worst. <laughs> terrible sometimes. Um, so you're, you're playing in high school, you're playing ODP. Um, you're also getting some national youth national team call-ups. Um, what was that like doing the, the youth national? Um, Cause obviously then you kind of get a bigger picture of the competition at the top for your age group. Exactly. Yeah. It was really, an eye-opening ex experience because you're playing with, like you said, like some of the top players of your age group um, in, the, in the nation. And then you're traveling around the world to play in these tournaments against the best players around the world. So it's just kind of a whole mixing of these incredible, talented and genuine people for the most part. So it was a wake up call in some ways because these girls are so good. Like, I had to be on my A game every single day, every single training, and hopefully the coaches saw something in me that they liked to keep calling me back in. Um, yeah, I mean, those environments, there's really nothing else like it. It's so competitive and high strung and it's, it's fun, but it's really nerve wracking. So you really have to know how to, you know, take that in and process it and deal with it in a healthy way so that you can still perform under that kind of pressure. Absolutely. Which is also, I mean, vital to every position, but especially a uh, center back having to be calm and cool in games is an important attribute. Right. Uh, what, what then, how does, talk me through how you decide um, where to go to university? Yeah, so I went on a couple of visits. So I obviously went to Notre Dame, which is where I ended up choosing to go. But I also uh, took an unofficial visit to Stanford and Penn State. And I both I love both of the schools as well. Um, it was actually a pretty hard decision, but I ended up selecting Notre Dame because of the proximity to home. It's pretty close to Chicago, which is where I'm from. And I wanted my friends and family to be able to, you know, watch me play and make it easier for my parents and stuff. Um, and then on top of that, obviously the soccer program is pretty um, prestigious and the academics are very well known. So I wanted to, make sure I wasn't just focusing on soccer, but life after soccer as well. So I think Notre Dame did a really great job of setting that up for me. And 
hopefully once I am done playing, I'll have a, um, a network to kind of tap into. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like Notre Dame people stay very well connected. Um, also, the only maybe gripe is they make sure to tell everyone they went to Notre Dame, either by what they say or always wearing some type of Notre Dame clothing or decal on the car or something. Very true. I couldn't agree more. Um, I actually made sure not to wear anything Notre Dame for this interview. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, God, country, Notre Dame. That's, that's our motto. So you go in uh, freshman year. Um, you go from high school freshman year, name team captain. Um, they don't do that in Notre Dame for your freshman year. I don't know why not, but what's, <laughs> what's it like then, um, you know, going in and, and being in the college environment soccer? Yeah, it was definitely a jump from the, um, high school environment, just the speed of play, the physicality for sure. And the athletic ability of the players around me. Um, so it's definitely, again, like another learning curve, but I think we had such a big freshman class that year. There were 12 of us going in. So it was basically a team. You could feel the yeah. team with our freshman class. Um, I think that was really nice, actually, because we kind of all had each other's back and were able to help each other navigate this new environment. Um, but in terms of soccer specific stuff, yeah, I just had to learn quickly, like baptism by fire, as they say. So um, I was fortunate and got to play almost every game and kind of learn as I went. Um, but that was actually our best year or while I was there, that was the best year that, that we had. We made it to the elite eight and we lost to Florida state off of a long throw in. So I'll never forget that. But um, Yikes. Yeah, it was, it was fun though. It was like a, a really good first year to be introduced into the collegiate level. Yeah, and I think what was interesting, too, is you guys had so many uh, freshmen involved in, like, the backline goalie situation. Um, and still, was I think it was, like, 0.73 goals a game allowed, which is incredible for that young of a, you know, back five or whatever. Yeah, look at you. Doing all your research. You I got do the my stats. research. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, they dubbed us the Baby Irish. Um, or at least our coach did at the time. Randy Waldrum, he called us the Baby Irish, so um kind of stuck but yeah we did pretty well which was awesome and then sophomore year they named you captain they did yeah so we did a team vote um i got voted in and i like i honestly didn't really expect it i was honored obviously but um i think it's only the second time in school history that that's happened uh jess shoe was the first now jess mayday um but yeah so again i think it was kind of grooming me moving forward um but i definitely learned a lot from those seniors that year um that were also captains mandy laddish and elizabeth tucker who's now married and actually has a baby which is so cute but um yeah it was a, it was an interesting experience because i was so much younger and i didn't really want to step on anyone's toes so i'd probably do things a little differently now knowing what i know now but um I'm grateful for that experience too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and throughout your uh, career, I don't know, was it like they named you like the Iron Woman or something? Some oh, at one point, I think, what, yeah, yeah, I had, I don't know, a lot. I think I might have played around some of the most minutes um, in school history, which is pretty <clears throat> like crazy to think about. But um, 
yeah i don't think i have the most but i'm up there <laughs> yeah i think yeah it looked like it was pretty high up on the list yeah. um when i looked it's impressive how many minutes obviously that means you were you know doing the little things of taking care of your body and all to be healthy because college season is game after game after game in a short period of time um at what point during those four years does it change from I want to be a professional to this is a realistic path that I can go on yeah I think that was probably the end of my sophomore year because I was trying to select classes for the following year and I remember going into the coach's office and saying that I wanted to do these classes at this time whatever and they're like okay well like do you think this is enough credits for you to graduate early and i hadn't ever really considered that before and i was like i don't know like is that something i should be thinking about and they were like yeah well if you want to go play professionally it's probably better if you try and graduate early so then you can enter the draft and be ready to go and that will probably appeal to more teams so that was the first kind of wake up moment for me to be like oh shoot like is this something that i actually want to do so i talked to my parents i talked to my boyfriend my friends and everything and i was you know basically saying i think this is something i'm gonna try so i did that and i you know obviously made my course schedule the way i wanted it so i could graduate early and and i ended up doing that which was really pretty beneficial in the end now were you a double major I was, yeah. So I majored in anthropology, which is the study of culture and man, for those that don't know, because I get asked all the time, um, and Spanish. Well, it was like a supplementary major, so. So we could have been doing this interview in Spanish. A little bit. I'm really rusty. I don't know anything, so. It's really well, but, yeah. So that that's, though, difficult uh, to graduate early on top of being a double major. I mean, that's a lot of courses. Yeah. as well as still having the time to train and everything. For sure. Um, I actually came in with quite a few credits because I took a lot of AP courses in high school, Okay. which was really smart on my end. Like I was like, wow, you actually did something great. <laughs> um, so I always tell girls, like, if you want to go play pro and like graduate early, like try and actually stay on top of your academics because that is important. So I came in with a bunch of credits and I only needed to take one summer course in order to meet all the requirements. So it's, it's, it's funny because almost every single uh, player we've interviewed that has gone through university to then the professional route has said something about academics and taking it serious, which is, it's funny because stuff. nobody, nobody wants to believe it when they're, you know, that age and then you get older and you're like, Oh man, I really should have, you know, <laughs> stayed on top of that a little more. Day. Except for you. you, yeah, you stayed on top of it. You did good. <laughs> I tried, not every time. Um, so you finish uh, your senior year at Notre Dame. You graduate in December. Um, talk about the next process of the draft and all of that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you've covered this before, but in the draft, you have to basically apply or like send in your information and all that kind of stuff so i did all that and then the draft that year was in baltimore which i think it was this past year too so my mom and i actually flew out and were there but did you I have an agent no i and i still don't so i think there are benefits to having an agent i personally haven't felt the need to get one um but i know that you know every person has their own circumstances mm -hmm. and stuff but 
I did reach out to a couple of teams, one of them being Chicago, because I know Rory from club and all that because he played or he owns Eclipse, which is a another big club in the Chicago area. So um, reached out to him and then kind of sent some film to other clubs and didn't really know what was going to happen. I had a feeling if I didn't get picked up by the time Chicago came around, like I was going to go there. And that's essentially what ended up happening. So I remember just sitting there though and like sweating and shaking and my mom could tell I was so nervous so she didn't even try talking to me she was just like I'll let her be like she's in her own little world um it sounds horrible I would imagine like you're just sitting there and there's like people staring at you and you're trying to just be calm and cool and collected but it's a lot going on yeah and like then I finally got selected by Chicago and then they're like oh you have to like say something on stage what like I did not come prepared for a speech or anything so I literally said like thanks mom thanks mom and dad like love you thanks Chicago see you in preseason like that's probably never been said before so it was original yeah (laughs) no one thanks their parents (laughs) um but so obviously a lot of excitement um not just to get drafted but then also to be playing and representing your hometown uh, I'm sure that was a dream come true. Uh, what's it like then the first preseason now at the professional level? Because, you know, even even Notre Dame, it's a, it's a very uh, prestigious soccer school, everything like that. But now you're with the top of the top playing, and this is now your full-time job, not just something you do on top of being a, a student. So it's a different environment. What's that like for you? Exactly. I think it took some adjusting to realize like, oh, wow, like this is my job. Like I have to come and perform every day. (laughs) Otherwise, there is the potential that they could take my contract away. So I um, remember going in like the first day of preseason and luckily, like I had known some of the other girls um, going into it. So that was definitely positive because they kind of helped me through it. But I remember going in the first day and just being like, whoa, like there's some like US women's national team players here that I like watched growing up and like look up to and like now they're my teammates. So it was just kind of a full circle moment to be like, wow, like I'm actually like a professional soccer player now. Like this is this is real. So practices came and went and I tried to keep up the best I could. And that was a whole other thing. But um, you kind of get used to the speed of play at some point and then like try and emulate the things that you're seeing and doing and it was a whirlwind that first year for sure (laughs) did you did you play much that first year i did not i got in like at the end of some games um but i don't i think i started once against orlando and it was actually against um alex morgan so i was again like shell-shocked i was like this is Alex Morgan. Like she's literally standing next to me on the back line. It was, that's crazy. But we ended up, I think winning that game and I played pretty well. So I was like, okay, like I can hang, like I'm, I'm able to compete at this level and like do well. So that was kind of a little cap in my feather, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think if you can win and defend against Alex Morgan, that's definitely a, a confidence <laughs> builder. At that time, for sure. <laughs> um, so then going in uh, the second year, are you starting to play more at that point? 
Yeah, so at that point, I actually went to Australia for the off season and played for Adelaide United, which is in South Australia. And you went with two other Red Stars, Danny and Sophia. Right? I did, yeah. So it was okay. like the three of us went down there and then another girl, Monica Hickman. She's a Brazilian international. She was there. So we were roommates and Sophia and Danny were roommates. Um, and we had so much fun. Like it was just a good place to get away and kind of, for me at least, like re re rebuild my confidence as a soccer player um, and get game experience and game fitness during the off season because I hadn't been playing in many games that first year. Um, so then when I came back for the second year in Chicago, I felt much more confident, much more sure of my game. And that translated onto the field and playing minutes and starting and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely do credit a lot of that from my time in Australia. Yeah, what, so obviously you grew up in Chicago, you go to South Bend and you go back to Chicago, you're staying in like a semi-small close bubble and then you decided to go halfway across the world to Australia. Uh, was that a difficult decision to do that? Not really. I think I like welcomed it because I had always wanted to go to Australia, A, because it's gorgeous. And then, um, B, I knew that I wanted to continue to play during the off season and I didn't really have any other options at that point. And to be honest, like it kind of fell in my lap. Like I was on Facebook and I got a message from a girl that was on the team and she's like, Hey, like we need a center back. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes, please. Like I'm down. So literally that next week has arrangements set up like flights and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, really, it was kind of a no-brainer for me, to be honest. What's your, uh, to you, what's like the, your favorite Aussie term? Because they have Ooh. just such good terms, you know? They so. do. Um, oh, my gosh, there's so many. They say Arvo for afternoon. That always cracks me up. It confused me for a while. Um, oh, whenever, like, they, like, would pay for, like, a group of people sometimes, they're like, it'll, it'll be my shout. So they're like, it's my shout. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you shouting? <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. Like, we got you covered. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But we had, uh, so we, I had an Australian player last year on my team. And it opened my eyes to all these terms. I was like, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Yeah. They shorten everything. Like, everything is an abbreviation. But he was talking about Maccas for so long. And, like, oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, what is Maccas? Like, and he's like, oh, McDonald's. I was like, oh, oh my God. Okay. Couldn't have said that before. That's funny. Yeah, but, they always give each other nicknames. Like, no one goes by their actual name, I feel like. What was yeah. your nickname? Mine was pretty boring. I was just Katie because they didn't, like, really oh. have anything for me. But, like, we had a, couple, a girl named Shannon, and they called her Shiz like sizzy and i was like where did like where do you get that i don't get it but it's common i guess i like the how you going that how, how you, you doing? doing yeah incredible uh so you, you come back your second year uh you get game fitness you get game experience uh i think i can't remember i think it was sophia to talk to of going to australia and how much of like a confidence booster going into the next season it was uh kind of get you know your feet moving before the season. Uh, you start playing more games. What's that like now being uh, 
a full-time professional player starting, playing against, I mean, there's so many big name attacking players in the NWSL. Yeah, I think that second year, I kind of fine-tuned a lot of the things that I wanted to get better at, um, whether it was, you know, my explosive my explosiveness, my ability to, you know, turn and chase down forwards, whatever it was, diagonal balls. I tried to really focus on doing those things better because I knew that I had to in order to compete against, like you said, some of the top forwards in the league and in the world. So, um just trying to do the little things right so then when the moment came where I needed to perform and execute I was able to do it what what did you find obviously like team training and stuff you're going to improve but for you specifically what you need to work on um how did you find the best way to improve on your individual uh soccer skills yeah so I would try and watch myself like I watched a lot of film on myself and really nitpick and analyze like I had logs <laughs> of like timestamps and stuff it was like kind of ridiculous but it was good because I I could then ask the coaches like specific moments okay like this time in the game I did this what should I have done different um and then sometimes I would stay after practice and work on little things with um, a coach or on my own if I wanted to so um that thing that's kind of stuff does add up over time i think like it's like dropping a marble in a bucket like if you keep doing it it's gonna ultimately be full at some point and you're gonna obviously see improvements in your game so i think that is important to do stuff on your own and then so then you're you're starting you're playing um talk just about the next couple years in chicago you guys have some some really uh good seasons but some tough losses some heartbreak at the end uh what's it like though being a part of that that team yeah i mean i really loved my time in chicago um the team chemistry was really great and we had a really strong team obviously we did well um and made it to the semis every year I was there and then finally last year we kind of broke the semi-final curse and made it to the final but then we got destroyed <laughs> um but I mean at least we did kind of you know turn a corner and make some mm. adjustments and improvements to get us to that point which was really exciting to be a part of and I have nothing but love for those girls and I wish them the best in moving forward because they're special people and I hope they're they're all doing well and before we get on to next, so going back, then you decide to uh, go to Australia um, a few more times in the off seasons and switch clubs at uh, Perth as well. Yeah. So the last time I went to Australia was in Perth, which is on the west side of Australia. So I was over there for a season and was playing with Sam Kerr, who was also in Chicago at the time, Nikki Stanton and Rachel Hill and Mots, Alyssa Mots were my roommates. And we had a really good year. Like we made it to the the grand final, as they say in Australia. Um, um, but again, we lost in the final. I don't know what it is about finals, but yeah, we're gonna change that. So, um, but yeah, it was a really fun experience. And I think um, I had come off a pretty good NWSL season going into that season in Perth. So I felt confident and and felt that I did well there. So it was just a really overall great experience, and I would recommend it. What was what was the travel like when you were in Perth then? Those had to be oh, some long trips. That is one thing I don't recommend. <laughs> um, it was far. So to put it to scale, it's like 
the size of the United States is actually smaller than the size of Australia. So Perth would be equivalent to Los Angeles. And I guess Sydney would be equivalent to like a New York or Boston. So that's like a five and a half, six hour flight. So for Perth, we had to travel so far for every one of our Obey games, but they did do it in a way that was pretty well adjusted for our bodies um, so that we could recover quickly. So we would leave a couple of days before or whatever it was, but yeah, I mean, it was brutal, but you get used to it. It's just part of the game, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that because I was like, for every other team, it's like, oh, we're going on our one like real long trip for the year to Perth. But for you guys, yeah. it's like every single way game is a long trip. Exactly. The one perk of that is like they gave us meals on every flight, though. So okay. that was nice. Find the bright spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then your time with Chicago Red Stars uh, comes to an end. They decide uh, to trade you and a draft pick for another player. Uh, what is that like? Because obviously you're you're playing for your hometown, you're playing in front of your family and friends, um, and then you get told that you're, you're being traded. Is that difficult? It was a little bit at first because I, I knew I kind of had to leave everything I had ever really known behind. Um, but I think at this point in my career, it was a really good decision. Um, just for me personally to kind of branch out and experience new things and a new culture, a new city, new teammates, and, you know, try and adjust to those new things, I think is something that I needed to do for myself. Um, so I actually kind of welcomed the trade after I thought about it more. Um, and now being here in Houston has been like a really great experience so far. I, I love the girls. I love the city and I'm just really excited to actually get to play again. So so maybe you're just like one step moving behind Sophia. So like then <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh man. So what's up? Uh, What's it been like now? You guys are back training. Uh, what's it like training with your, your new team? Yeah, it's been good. It's been really competitive. Um, we're still, you know, getting to know each other's tendencies and all that kind of stuff because we have a lot of new players this year, not just me. But I think we have a really good team, not just in terms of talent, but the people on our team are, are just good humans. So it's really exciting to see us starting to come together and gel and really work well together often on the field. So I'm really excited for Utah and to see us actually compete against other teams in the league. Yeah, talk a little bit about what the uh, the format is for the tournament type style season this year. Yeah, so it's a bit different this year. Um, we're gonna be doing a tournament style uh, in a centralized location in Utah. So you get a maximum, sorry, you get a minimum of four games and a maximum of seven games. So for us, we play North Carolina, uh, Chicago, Washington, and I'm missing one. Am I missing one? I think I'm missing one. But we play four games. And then after that, uh, if you make it past the preliminary rounds, you play in a, like a playoff. So eight teams will make the playoff and then one team won't. So you just obviously really hope you're not that one team. But um, yeah, it's obviously going to be really competitive during those couple of weeks during the first round of this. And it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. But I know we're all excited here in Houston. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. It's just so different, but so different. it'll be, it's very important to take points from those games then. Exactly. It's like, these are all kind of semifinal games in a way or quarterfinal games. Yeah. What, uh, are you excited to play against Chicago Red Stars? I am. I think it'll be interesting because I know everybody on the team, but um, I'm excited to play against them. I think it'll be um, a good test for me. I'll say that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so obviously I, it's a different format this year. Um, it's been not training for a while now, getting back to training. So it's just a lot, a lot different. Um, how have you found, cause obviously this is a unique challenge that you have, you know, weren't prepared for anybody was prepared for that this was going to happen, but, um, we were kind of calling it like the, the quarantine time, uh, separation season, uh, people were either going to come out of it a better player or they were going to come out, you know, not ready for their season. What did you do during that time? Um, besides just like, you know, the team trainings or anything, but personally for yourself to grow either, you know, with the ball or mentally or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah. So um, the club did send us like workouts and stuff to try and complete. So that was kind of mandated. But aside from that, like stuff that we did on our own, um, luckily, like my roommate and I get along really well. So we would try and, you know, just go to a field somewhere and get some extra touches on the ball or, um, watch something related to soccer if we could, but we also wanted to take time for ourselves and utilize the situation to the best of our ability. So for me, like I just tried to take care of my body, make sure that I was doing all the right things so that when we did come back into training, I was a hundred percent, had no nicks or anything. Like I was ready to go. So, um, definitely took a lot of Epsom salt baths, <laughs> um, read some books, you know, just mental care, all that kind of stuff. What was, but, what was your favorite book you read? Oh, it was Where the Crawdads Sing. Okay. Have you read that? Or a heard long of it? time ago. A long okay, time yeah. ago. So that was a good one. Uh, I have a couple on my nightstand right now that are kind of waiting for me, but yeah. You got time. I do have some time. Um, I think, I think, my theory is younger players uh this long of a break uh may have hurt them just because like you just as you said like you need minutes you need games um i think maybe in the short term it might hurt older players but for their their career i think it might actually be uh beneficial in a way because when you enter professional soccer it's like go 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 year after year after year and it mentally and physically can be a little draining and now it's like everyone had to get away, see what life is without soccer. And I think for most people, it really rejuvenated them to get back into it and training and like just loving being at training again. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree. I think the time away made you really reconsider everything in your life. <laughs> um, so soccer is obviously one of the big things for me. And I I was like, okay, like, I'm, why am I doing this? Why am I playing? And I had to reinforce that and make sure that the answer kept coming back in a positive way so that I knew I was doing this for a reason. And it wasn't just because I've been doing it, it's something I'm comfortable with, but because it's something I'm passionate about and want to pursue and continue to reach goals and all that kind of stuff. So Very I think that's cool. definitely important. Very cool. 
what uh if you could go back to I usually ask like 15 year old, but let's go like 14 year old freshman you of the high school team. Um, what what would be the biggest soccer related advice you would give yourself? Soccer related? Um, 15, 14 year old me, I'd probably say to just block out the noise. I feel like I would get so worked up about what other people thought about me like as a person and as a player so i feel like for me i i would have been better off had i blocked that out and i know that's easier said than done but mm -hmm. if i could focus on the things that i wanted to pursue and if i had the right support system around me um, with my friends and family and and all of that then there was really no excuse for me to not succeed so um, luckily i was able to do that at some point but I did let that get to me at times and I wish that I had it because where are they now? They're nowhere. So mm -hmm. what, uh, what have you found throughout your career to help you with that blocking out the noise? I think it's sometimes you can get so focused in on just soccer um, and which is okay. But I think for me, I needed to find another outlet to kind of balance it out. Um, so for me, I like to listen to podcasts. I like to read. Um, I like to talk on the phone with friends and family. So it's just having other outlets so that I'm not constantly thinking about soccer, soccer, soccer. Like, what did I do wrong? What can I improve upon? Like, those do need to be in your head at times. Like, you do need to have that kind of dialogue at times. But if that's all you're thinking about, I don't think that's necessarily healthy. So I had to learn agree. that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, if you like are always in it, whether it's good or bad, it's just you need to get away mentally and yeah. physically from it and have different passions as well. Exactly. Um, what kind of podcast? Are you listening um, to? I'm very into true crime. So I listen to a ton of different ones. I listen to my favorite murder criminal. Someone knows something. Um, Cold what was Cold. the one that, that came out a couple years ago that was like the first like Cereal? Cereal. Oh, Are yeah. they still doing episodes or seasons? Uh, no. There's like three different seasons, I believe. Okay. So the first one was the one with Adnan Saeed, mm -hmm. which is also like a show now on TV, I think. Like they kind of go through it. Okay. Um, and then the second season is about, I don't know his name, but he was a soldier. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Are so, you, yeah. you, watch, you watch like uh, crime TV shows as well? Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's your favorite? Um, you I, seem like you'd like, like, NCIS. My mom and my mom watches NCIS. <laughs> I feel like that's, I don't know why, that's like an older generation thing. But, yeah, I've seen a lot of that. Um, I really like uh, ID, Discovery, like, all those different shows, like, whatever is, like, snapped and, I don't know, crazy stuff. But I like the documentaries a lot about infamous serial killers and all that i know it's so dark but it, i don't know what it is it's just fascinating to me do you sleep all at night <laughs> i do which is probably saying something about me yeah <laughs> that gets you checked <laughs> um uh random question i was just so i think your your mom is the oldest of 11 kids she and is. you're and you're an only child i know how okay. uh how like stressful is it or whatever when you go to family gatherings because i assume those are just like massive things and then you were used to growing up in a house where things were quiet and yeah so um 
I guess the best example of this, like my cousin, well, one of my 43 first cousins on my mom's <laughs> side, um, he got married this last year in December. And it was in California, which is where my mom's from. And a lot of her family's still out there. So flew out there. It was really fun and everything. But we took a family photo just of my mom's side. And like the photographer had to keep backing up, like was probably like 40 yards away in order to get the entire family in the, in the shot. It was oh, ridiculous. And like wow. when I'm one of the older cousins, so I had to like remember names because I haven't even met some of my little cousins just because I've like been traveling around mm -hmm. for soccer for so long. So yeah, I had to ask my mom, like, what's, what's her name again? Like it was ridiculous, but yeah. I'm, gu I'm guessing the, the aunts and uncles don't do uh, Christmas gifts for all the cousins. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I'm the only, only child out of all of my aunts and uncles like that have had kids every one of them has had at least three i think oh wow that's yeah. a very big family really big family <laughs> uh, if you if you weren't playing soccer what would you be doing um i honestly would probably go back to school to get like my master's or graduate degree uh in something related to forensics so i could kind of tie that into my anthropology degree um I don't know. I feel like that is just something that I am obviously a bit passionate about. I listen to all that stuff. I do research on it. I, I can see some passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's something I would be doing. If not that, then um, probably tap back into that MD alumni network and see what they got going. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that chapter of my life, but I'm not there yet. Mm hmm yeah yeah you still have years to play absolutely yeah. uh what what striker has been the most fun for you to defend against or like Ooh. the biggest awe moment hmm. that's a good question well i think probably that first professional game against alex morgan definitely stands out just because i was so new and nervous and afraid but then i was able to play against her and you know realize i could hang um, other than that, though, I think playing with Sam Kerr and then I like against her in practice and stuff really made me a better player just because she's so dynamic. So you really have to adjust your way of defending when against a player like her. So um, those two probably stand out the most. Those are good answers. Big name soccer players right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously you're a soccer player so you eat you eat healthy but what's like your go-to cheat meal oh boy um i have like a like my favorite dessert i guess is like a warm chocolate chip cookie with vanilla ice cream mm. Mm. something about that just does it for me you can't go so wrong good. with the classic no it's and, like a uh, okay okay mm. Um, and then what, what Chicago restaurant do you miss the most being in Houston? Oh, have you ever been to smoke barbecue? No. Mm -mm. Okay. It's in uh shoot. Where is it? Irving park. I want to say that okay. could be so off, but yeah, it's, uh, Oh, Pulaski and Irving park. That's like the crossroads, but yeah, okay. they have like some of the best barbecue I've had. Um, so I miss that. I used to go to this little barbecue place in Carroll Stream 
called Steamboat. No and it was like, there was like a laundromat at one side of it and just like some like, you know, like uh, those like $10 a month fitness gyms. I think it was like yeah. Cardinal Fitness. And it's like in between that in like just this old strip mall. So you're like, oh, this place has to be terrible. And they had such good, such good barbecue. That's unreal. It was incredible. Uh huh. What uh? What's your go-to deep dish? Which which one? Like I'm a Luminati's girl. Luminati. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are you? Uh probably Luminati's. I don't. <laughs> I'm not like super super strict to one. I'm kind of okay. willing to to float around. All right. So. Giordano's is pretty good. They're really the cheese on that is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I could go for that. I think the honest though, the biggest or the most, the biggest restaurant I miss is the Portillo's. Really? Oh, Portillo's is good. Chocolate yeah. cake shake. I the chocolate cake shake and the cheesy fries. Oh, well, the cheese fries good. are great. So yeah, now you're making me hungry. I know. <laughs> um, I appreciate you though taking time to share your story to tell us about your foods that you like. Um, uh, but no, I thought I think it was really interesting and. Uh, I just think it's it's cool because your career, uh, not that not that it has not bows, but you've had a lot of success starting at a young age, and you've been able to handle the pressure um, and continue to grow and improve throughout your career. So I think that's just a really cool story. So I appreciate you taking the time to to share it with the audience. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Matt. This was really fun. Um, but yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me. This one. Absolutely. Good luck in the uh the tournament. Thanks. I hope I hope that you can finally lift a trophy up. Me too. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. All right. We'll be we'll be watching to see this year. Okay. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yep. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye.